This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Kellyanne Taylor, and this is the Radio Times podcast. Every week, I sit down with a celebrity guest from the world of TV or film to talk about their lives, both on and off screen. To my fellow TV enthusiasts, I hope you enjoy listening. This week's guest is the man many of us wake up with. It's Capital Breakfast radio host, Roman Kemp. Breaking into broadcast age 21, he's forged an intimate relationship with listeners, often thanks to his oversharing and unfiltered conversation. In this episode, we discuss growing up as the famous kid and what he has learnt about the world of celebrity. If someone's thinking about fame, they think about the the best parts of it. And don't get me wrong, this is no sob story towards famous people. Famous people have got it good. (laughs) <laughs> right they get the you know the nice seat in the restaurant you uh-huh. get you get you know people will come over and do you favors and things like that but it's also a very very lonely place yeah massively I'll, I'll tell you right now my dad does not have one friend plus we speak about his campaign work surrounding male suicide and how bearing all investigating a topic so close to home can be a burden Roman, welcome to the Radio Times podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Right, so we're going to go everywhere. Yeah. It's about TV, it's about your career, it's about your show. But first and foremost, talk me through. What is the view from your sofa? So living room setup. Living room setup. I most... The view from my sofa is my TV. 100%. Like, like I, I am classic guy, right? First second I, I went into view my place, I went in and I go, where's the TV going? <laughs> that's it. That's, that's like, I'd say that's... How big's the TV? Everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. One of them nice TV. I'm very privileged. It's one of them nice, nice TVs that has the frame thing. Um, don't What's know if this it? is a sponsor thing for Samsung, but it's called the frame. Okay. Uh, and it like, puts up like artwork. When you're not watching, very classy. Very classy, right? (laughs) But but like, no, my view for my sofa is genuinely like the telly. I sit so slouched on my my sofa (laughs) that I give myself neck problems and back problems. I I think I'm the my posture is horrendous on my TV on my sofa. Sorry, so my view is slightly scrunched up um, watching a a TV. I also have uh, I have. books either side of in like these little shelves that are either side of the tv i don't read books <laughs> just um, for decoration yep it's very nice yep and uh, the same as everyone else um living within the confines of london i own ceramic pots from h&m home very nice very nice and h&m home very affordable indeed and it's a nice place to get some ceramic yeah. pots. i want to ask what you enjoy watching on telly and i wonder if you're 
going to be ne- more streaming than terrestrial because I assume that you go to bed quite early. Yeah, I go to bed. It's really difficult because there's there's two types of telly that I watch. One is live, and the other one is streaming. Like I I, I don't don't tend to even though I'll do shows on terrestrial uh, I don't tend to watch it there and then in that moment mm-hmm. um I think that's just cuz my diary is all over the place anyway yeah but I I go to bed at like 10:30 11 okay but but I because I have to live my life that's the thing like I I can't if I lived my life based upon what time I get up in the morning I'd be so bored and i'd be so boring like you've been doing it for a while as well right you've been doing it for a while you don't you don't get used to it Mm -mm. you never get used to it i mean my alarm goes off at quarter to five every morning so you don't get used to it right it's terrifying when i first started what's sickening and what's Mm. what's a a terrible a terrible marker of where i was at the age of 23 um when i took on the breakfast show Oh, my first thought is they gave it to me and I went, oh my God, I'm going to have to get up at that early. I know, but... It, it wasn't, oh my God, thank valid. you. It's valid. Yeah. I so, think that's valid. So, so, so it was, but but at the same time, people always say to me like, oh, it's fine going to, uh, getting up that early, you're young, you can get over it. It's like, no, because the problem is, is that all my <laughs> mates want to stay out later. Yeah. So it just goes the opposite way yeah. of anything. But no, I, I, I basically have, I would say I have two days in one. I have two mini days in one because I'll try and do the radio in the morning. I'll come home at like... Uh, midday. Yeah. I'll try and go to the gym and then I'll go to sleep for about an hour and then I'll have to leave home and go and do like the one show and then host that. But that's my second day. As soon as I wake up again, because when I have a nap, I get into bed. We have to, otherwise it's not real. No, some people say sofa naps. Yeah, but then they are, they're the people that nap for 20 minutes. That's not a nap. Yeah, but I, cause, but I, I have to go full naked <laughs> in bed. I go to bed. Like I do. Like, I, some people like nap in their clothes and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Okay. Like I get into bed. Then you start that debate, don't you? They they're always saying now people have a real thing about getting outside clothes in their bed. Because yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. Anyway, it's dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it is. <laughs> I was talking about water bears the other day. Do you know what a water bear no. is? Right. Go on. Disgusting. So a water bear is one of the smallest organisms, like living organisms, on the planet, and there's millions of them. Billions. What? And they're just gross. And, they... and they're just like bears. They're like on your body. Yeah, they're like tiny little, little germs. germs. Yeah, but they look like bears. Do you know what? I can tell you're a radio presenter because this is the first time within about five minutes of me having this conversation. We've just gone so off piece. Sorry, but, the, but in the best way possible. But I'm like, wow, water bears. Listeners. It's also ADD. <laughs> Well, okay, I'm good for it. We go. You go, I'll follow. I wanted to ask, what's your radio show of choice? Um, not station, because surely that's capital. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I, look, I, I'm someone that, I'm, I'm never afraid to say, look, I, I, I love capital. I live and breathe capital every day. And, you know, it is, capital is me and I am capital. Do you know what I mean? Like, that, that is, is my be all and end all. But, when I'm in the car and, if I've heard a promo with my voice on it every now and again, where do I go? To be honest, I'm such a massive football fan that I can't help but listen to Talksport. Yeah, okay, I can't help fine. it. I can't help it. Like, I don't know how old men, can. old men screaming about football players. I want to listen to it. <laughs> That's a bit of you. Yeah. What's the last thing that you watched on telly that you enjoyed? I watched um, again. I, I, my life very much revolves around sport. Um, I watched Quarterback 
on Netflix, which is unbelievable. Um, really great series following the lives of um, NFL quarterbacks in America. That and The Deepest Breath. Did you see that? It's a documentary about free diving, which is oh. phenomenal. I guarantee you'll go home, watch it tonight, and then you'll want to say to me, that was brilliant. Okay. Yeah, it's I will terrifying. Give that a watch. Well, is it one of those things that has you kind of... Oh, my God. It's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. I was going to ask who controls the remote in your household because you do celebrity Just me. with your dad. Oh, with my dad. Oh, yeah. At my parents' house. Where are your parents' house? At my parents' house, annoyingly, it's, my dad. It's just me at home, so I No, my, my dad. So annoying. <laughs> like, so annoying. Like, do you know, I have... I think I have PTSD of the sound of Antiques Roadshow. Oh. It meant Sunday, and it meant... I haven't done my homework. I, I could literally time the heart palpitations. Oh, no. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was like, oh, yeah. I'd be getting out of a bath, I'd hear that, dun, 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 and I'd be like, no, here we go. And it's so memorable. So many people, if you do a quiz or something with theme tunes yeah, to you shows, know it. you know Antiques Road Show. Exactly. But that's because it's terrified <laughs> us as children. What were you like as a teenager, young, young adult? Uh, I think... Very similar. Yeah, confident, but not, um, I don't know. I've, I've tried to never let confidence blur into arrogance, I don't think. I, I think, I guess it's more open is, is the word because I never really had like big friend groups. Uh, I never really had that. I had my, my three best mates from when I was like six years old in primary school mm-hmm. and I kind of just stuck with them. You know, the people that I went to school with were just like colleagues almost yeah which is, sounds strange but it's true like i never i never hung out at the school parties or like things like that you know i knew who my mates were and i would hang out with them also you got to think like going to a school as the famous kid yeah is a bit weird mm. right and it's not not like it's my norm but it's weird for a lot of other people and and what you have to do is you have you have two choices you mm. can either hide away and try and avoid it or you, I have a problem with not discussing elephants in the room. If my producer at Capital says, do not talk about that, he you knows he's made the mistake. About, yeah. Because mm. I, I can't help it. So when you went to school, did it feel like, because I, I can understand what you're saying. If, yeah, if, I'd have to make a joke about it. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd have to. Did it put pressure on you or did you feel actually not really? Because no. it's a year seven or something. Surely you're kind of going yeah. into that and you're thinking, oh, if people are thinking my dad's but things they are. or my mum's. Yeah. But they are. And and I can't help that. Like, of course they are. Like, yeah. of course, the, of course they are. Like, like, but in the same sense, like, uh, everyone is part of nature to, to, to go, oh, you've got this because of this person or you're at this school yeah. because of this person. That's fine. Like, mm. listen, I've, I've thought like that, you know, when Brooklyn Beckham went and did a photography you know when he released a photography book i thought how's he got that do you know what i mean and I, yeah. in my head i go always dad's with david beckham that's what people did to me like yeah. you know and it's just a natural thought you know he might be the most talented person in the world and you know that's just my you know uh, small mindedness to not believe that or, or see that yeah. so it, it's it's more so it was like you know the way i always uh, i always go back to saying it was um uh, my favorite film was eight mile growing up right okay. uh, yeah. eminem and in the end of that he he does his like rap battle. Yeah. You know, spoiler if you haven't seen it. He does he does a, a rap battle and the rap battle isn't about the person opposite him. It's him taking the mic out of everything yeah. about himself and then handing the mic to the other person mm. and saying, say something that people don't know about me. And what all it does is disarm the person in front of you. 
I had nothing to fear at school because every joke that could have been made, I've already, already made, it, made it. And I've thought it was funnier the way I did it. <laughs> do you feel self-confident? Or, you know, was the comedy to hide something? Or was it no, always just... No, the comedy was never to hide something. It was never... I, I couldn't stop talking, as you can tell, <laughs> at school. My, my, my school reports were filled with won't stop talking. But I think it was... It wasn't insecurities or anything like that. It was just, I don't know, a bit of just how my brain works. Mm -hmm. I, I want to know things. I want to talk and I like talking. And, and I have a self-belief in myself where I'm like, yeah, I have a self-belief where I'm like, I could I could win someone over in a conversation. Mm -hmm. if, if someone doesn't like me, I, I, I'm intrigued to know why. Like, and, and that's fine if they don't, and I completely understand someone else's emotion. Yeah. But I would always try and say, okay, just give me a conversation with that person. Yeah. And I'll see if I can change their mind. It's really interesting you say that because I heard you on a podcast when I was doing my prep for this. Yeah. And you were talking about your relationship with your mum and yeah. how she's just got this kind of real belief in you and has said to you you know if you want to do something you can do it and this is how you do it and, and yeah like it's really instilled in you that sense of confidence and I have a very similar relationship with my mum and again I think in some ways I am where I am just because of that like yeah of course you know someone's pumped you up all your life and made you feel like actually yeah anything I can do anything I want to do I can I just have to work really hard and yeah. that's not like you said you've said before it's not about just being lucky it's about making sure that when that opportunity is on you when that microphone is preparation hand, meets opportunity that's it that's it exactly. so were your parents always supportive of you breaking into this industry yeah i, I think listen i've i've I, I always say i've hit the absolute jackpot with my parents nothing nothing in my life that i can gain mm. uh, through hard work or anything there will be no achievement that i have that is greater than the fact of i have my parents yeah. or I, I have them as my parents or you know the people that that have taught me you know things in life um i'm so privileged in that sense i was privileged beyond like privileged in the sense that i got every birthday and christmas present i ever wanted i went on amazing family holidays i had celebrity experience when i was a kid and all these types of things but realistically the things that my my parents have taught me and and you know um giving trying to instill a, an emotional intelligence into both me and my sister um to understand you know adverse conversation or, or anything like that that is the the best thing that i have when you're a kid you're born into the football club that you support right so my dad's an arsenal fan his dad was an arsenal fan that gets passed down certain things get passed down and the thing that i want to pass down so much from my parents that they gave to me and i want to give to my kids is that ability of how to love and, and how to uh, understand someone else and, yeah. and uh, how to understand that someone else's point of view will be different from yours mm. and and it's not about going up against someone's point of view. It's about understanding it because your power becomes greater when you understand yeah. someone. Um, and, and yeah, that's so important to me. Yeah, and it's interesting because we do live in a world that is becoming increasingly more polarised. We see it with social media. There's a camp here and a camp there and it feels like lots of people can't have good conversations or it's always got to be One you're the right or you're wrong. Yeah, and you can't make a mistake either because then you might be cancelled and it has created a sense of people are scared sometimes, I think, to speak their mind. In terms of your upbringing and exposure to a celebrity world or a world that perhaps other people didn't have access to, do you think that's made you better at your job? When you go into an interview, do you For ever sure. get nervous? For sure. 
I, it speaks volumes the fact that like no one in my family had anything to do with football so when I meet footballers I like <laughs> literally like I can't even talk yeah. I give the worst interviews in the world but yeah definitely I think do you know what it does it is it gave me an opportunity to see that actually that world isn't as nice as people think it is um, and what I mean by that is you, you come across characters that you don't think about if if someone's thinking about fame they think about the the best parts of it and don't get me yeah. wrong this is no sob story towards famous people famous people have got it good <laughs> right they get the you know the nice seat in the restaurant you uh -huh. get you get you know people will come over and do your favors and things like that but it's also a very very lonely place yeah massively i'll, I'll tell you right now my dad does not have one friend like like and I, what i mean by that is that like He's got mates, but but not like he doesn't have a best mate. Yeah, he doesn't have he, like it can be very isolating. It can't, yeah, he yeah. he wants, but that's how he wants to live his life. And I personally believe that the reason he wants to live his life like that is because he's had so many people come into his life and out of his life that he felt like he could trust, and then realised he couldn't. Yeah, you know, and and that's tough. Yeah. And, and that's tough. You know, my dad's been a celebrity since, since he was like eight years old. He was doing TV. Yeah. And and I always think that. I always think, God, my dad doesn't have any best mate. He doesn't go out or hang yeah. out with anyone. His, you know, he, my dad's favorite person is my mum. I know, but that's so sweet. I know it's sweet, but he needs friends. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, it's when yeah. he says to me, you know, I say, who's your best mate? And he goes, he goes, well, you, Harley and mum. And oh. I'll go, oh, He's loser. the sweetheart, isn't he? He's, He's so, so nice. nice. He's the nicest. And you know, that's the hardest thing. When people say to me, yeah. people always ask that question of like, oh, do you want to live up to your dad? I was like, the only bit of him that I want to live up to is being this able is to kindness. go somewhere. And then when someone when he leaves, people go, oh my God, he's the best person. Yeah, what a gen. I know, he's sweetheart. When you look back at childhood and now and you think about kind of career, mm. where did telly come into it? Because you've done radio you, and you boss that. I mean, you were so young to get your foot in the door. And like you yeah. say, you know, you've said this before, your dad didn't have contacts in radio. That yeah. was off the back of you working really hard mm. to get that. And Capital is a massive show. And then to do the breakfast show, what, two, three years into your actual career? Yeah, yeah it's pretty insane. nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even having to get up at 4.45. No, I, I appreciate it. it. No, I appreciate it. I think with, with TV, it's, it's more so, again, it's uh, my job, and I say this all the time, and it's the same, like, and I'm sure you have a similar personality. Are you confident to stand up in a room and announce something? Are you confident enough that you're the person in the room that if something could go wrong, are you willing to take the hit? Yeah. And, and that's why I love live TV. Mm. Because I'm like, yeah, cool. If it goes wrong, blame me. That's fine. Yeah. Like, and, and if you're one of those people, then you'll be great. Because, yeah. you know, I, I, look, I used to DJ nightclubs, you know, before I was doing radio or telly or anything like that. And people then were like, oh, I don't know if I could do it. It was honestly because I didn't care if, it, if the music cut out. I always think that 90% of a DJ's job is, are you willing to stand up there when it goes wrong and take the hit? <laughs> yeah. The ten percent so is when it's going right. I know. I want to go back to um, you said a comment, and it was really wearing my head. And I thought, let's dig into that a bit more. Mm. When we're talking about fame, I know obviously your dad lived through the period where kind of the press was so intrusive. Yeah. And I guess for you, you have a level of fame. But I wonder if radio has slightly twofold. If radio has slightly protected you from that. 
because there's such an intimacy with listeners, but it's not necessarily visual. Yeah. And then also, I guess, with the age of social media and the tabloids, if actually doing shows like Celebrity Gogglebox or I'm a Celeb, Get Me Out of Here has meant that actually you've had to deal with people being very intrusive in your life. I think the way how you're talking about with with radio, I think it had the opposite effect. I think radio is so intimate that I think people might be bored of things to write about me. Because... I've said it all. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's been times where like, I'll go to, I went to, I remember I went to, uh, I, I said it the other week, like, I don't know, and this is where that thing comes in of sometimes I'm overtly honest because I like that relationship with a listener. You know, yeah. I, I went and filled up my car with petrol, like, you know, at the beginning of the year and I had a really dodgy tummy and ended up pooing myself, <laughs> right, at the petrol station. And it's like, but then that's a real life story. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, and it's a funny, unfortunate story. And it's like, you know, what? Uh, it happens to everyone. <laughs> so I, I think, I think, if anything, radio has given me this outlet to be able to yeah. tell people my life every day. That I don't think, you know, papers would go, what do you say today? Oh, great we've already done that yeah do you know what i mean like oh he's he's another poster he's naked again like do you know what i mean like (laughs) his dad's talking about shagging his mum. like (laughs) we've done it like you know so in that sense it's it's fine I, i i guess again it's the one thing that i find that i find difficult and and it is given me i don't know what it is right i don't know if it's it's because it's not social anxiety Mm because i don't mind conversation mm-hmm. that's great um it's uh, crowds and things like that i get and it's nothing to do with claustrophobic it's very difficult to understand it's like when i was younger when i was really young and we would go out for dinner with my mum and my dad i was always like complaining to my mum or complaining to my dad saying to them like people are looking at you people are looking at you yeah like, and i don't like it i didn't like it and that is the part of this job that I really don't like. Like that. Staring. Yeah, not staring. Because I understand. Because that's the horrible thing. At the end of the day, I understand it. If yeah. I saw a football, I'm staring. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's like that thing of like when when I get on a tube train, I do notice it. Do you know what I mean? And it's like you're in some weird, messed up movie yeah. where like people are like. You know, you think, is that person going? Yes, they are. And then, you know, it, that's the weird bit of it that mm-hmm. I don't really enjoy. You yeah. Know? And that's why I, I, I don't really go out. I don't, re- but that's just my life choice. I, I got into this job knowing full well what, what it would bring. But again, some people, some people are in, in, in this job for, for, people are in this job for two reasons. Mm-hmm. Right? One is to, to build a great career, have fun. And the other is fame. Yeah. Simple as that, you know, and, and, I I wish that I could show them what I had seen, you know, you know, growing up with people like George Michael, or even yeah. with, you know, with my dad to a certain extent. I wish I could show you that fame is fucking shit. Like, yeah, because everyone is. sees the glossy side, but everyone not sees the glossy side. But oh my god, like, but the day to day, yeah, it's it it, it is it is the. It's hard because you, it's a catch twenty two. Because on one yeah. side you're like, oh, you're rich, you're getting paid all this money and all this stuff, stuff. Yeah, but mm. like that doesn't mean to say that like you know, uh, being known and in that thing, there isn't moments where I wake up out of bed. You, you know, you'll have it where sometimes you, you look at a call coming in, you don't want to talk to that person, and like when you've got someone like coming up to you in the middle of the street and then 
yeah. you know, talking to you about suicide or something that you, you know you, you yeah, campaign for, it is difficult. It is difficult to maneuver. Yeah. And so some days there are ones where you're like, I'd rather just not go out because yeah. I can't be dealing with... And you can't necessarily have an off day. You know, if I no, have a bad have... day at work and I'm storming on this tube and I'm yeah. being a bit rude, no one's going to th- know that's me. No one's going to be able to pinpoint that. But if it's you, maybe you would get backlash. About 100%. And like you said, you know, you've, you've spoken about obviously your documentary and, and now you're a campaigner, but that obviously has brought with it a level of responsibility. And I'm not going to call it a burden in inverted commas. It is. Of course it is. And that, that was one of the reasons why, like, I absolutely in my head, and there's a there's a massive. I, look, I called it a curse at one point because yeah. it felt like that. It felt like, you know, and that was one of the reasons why I, I had so much hatred towards Joe, towards my friend that that you know killed himself, t- took his own life. That I got to a point where I was like, you've left me with this thing that now I'm the suicide boy. Yeah, yeah. that's who I am. But then again, I think about it and I go, through telling the story, you might be able to help other people and that's great. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, you constantly, but that's just grief. When it's dealing with suicide, the I, I'm so funny, right? I was I was having a chat with someone else who, who lost someone to suicide. And I, I said to them, like, they just lost their daughter. Uh, and and this was recently, within the last year. And I said to them, I was like, "Look, I, I know, I know that feeling. I know, because they they were they were kind enough to talk to me and do a chat with me about it." And I said, "Look, I said, I know what I'm going to say to you is going to mean nothing in the sense of like, you know, you talking about it is going to help so many others." Mm-hmm. And I said, "I look at it when someone says that to me. I say, I don't care. I want my mate back." So I say, "I know that is how you're feeling, but I promise, on the other side, once you get over it a little bit, yeah. you do see it." So it is a, it is a, it is a burden, it is a curse in a way. You made that documentary, it's had this incredible impact. And the reason why those people are coming to you is because it's had that impact, which yeah. again, like you say, is that catch 22 because 100%. 100%. you're happy because you've made the impact. But also, like you say, it doesn't replace. It's also a dangerous mix of if I go to the pub at 11 o'clock at night oh. and I've had a couple of drinks, someone else has had a couple of drinks. It's- and now I'm in a conversation about someone's mental health. I, I don't want to be there. Yeah. You know. It's not your responsibility, I think. It's, no. It yeah. is the honest answer, no. Let's come on to talk about the finish line. So, My first question, which seems like ridiculous to on. move on from that. But, no, it's um, fine. Is it awful having to send someone home? Uh, on the show! <laughs> I watched it this morning. Did you? I was genuinely having, like... It was giving it was giving me palpitations because what, watching someone leave. Yeah, no, no, no. Watching the show and then seeing like who's going to make it. Who's going to make it? So for listeners at home, it's effectively there are different rounds and then in between each round there's a task. They're on kind of things that move forward and every time you get an answer right, your podium podium continues and then um, it stops when you get an answer wrong. And watching that with kind of bated breath yeah. was awful. And then I thought, well, actually, it must be even worse to be you having to be like, right, well. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and no. I mean, I, I, you know, Sarah Green, who I, you know, I'm working with on the show. She, her, and I would like before we start, we'd look at each of them and kind of go, I think this person's going to do well, Mm. and then so, or or I'll be like, I don't think this person's going to do it well on this round. Yeah. And 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 then so sometimes if someone went out, I'd look over to Sarah and say, Told you. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Uh, Some people could be too cocky on it, but you know, sometimes there were there were people that were really cocky on the show that when they left, you were like, Hey. (laughs) Tried to tell you, tone it down. Yeah, it's never going to look good when you watch it back and you've been that person. I'm going to win. That's the game. First person out. That's the game, though. If you were a contestant, how do you think you'd fare? Awfully. (laughs) Why? I 
mate, I am like the attention span of a goldfish, <laughs> right? Like, I'd be listening to the question two prior to mine, trying to figure that one out, and then they've already asked me mine, and I've, I've already lost it. When you're reading out some of the questions, is there ever that fear of kind of stumbling over something? I or... did many times. Okay. That's the brilliance of TV, is that we can cut the around edits. it. Yeah, but, but I tell you what, like, I got really good at it. I got, I got really good at it. And, and there's a lot of times, a lot of episodes where not one stumble. But listen, my God, God help us if we have to ever do a live edition. <laughs> what would you say sets this apart from other quiz shows? Because quiz shows, especially for Radio Times readers, have a very special place in their heart. Lots of them love eggheads, for example. That's yep. a big Radio Times favourite. Yep. So what sets this apart and what will ensure its longevity? Speed is one. Speed of the questions and two, I think we're going to break a record for how many questions there are in a quiz show. Very nice. Which, at the end of the day, is what it's all about. How many questions can you fit into one show? <laughs> and and listen, if you think you're a good quizzer, try it. Try it. See how you fare. Yeah. It's very all-rounded as well, isn't it? Yeah, that, but that's what I'm saying. It's, it's answers that like you watch at home on TV and you go, knew that. Yeah. And the person gets it wrong. But because of that pressure, it's mm. it's hard. How do you deal with helping people? Often it might be their first time ever on TV, for example. Yeah. So how do you calm them down? Uh, just through the little chats at the beginning. Like, yeah. you know, it's nice. It's like, you know, it, it at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do. They have chosen to come onto a quiz show under extreme <laughs> circumstances. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, it's about you know, understanding them. And and I guess it's that conversation thing that I go back to. It's it's learning, you know, having that emotional intelligence to understand who that person is and, and how they may receive criticism or how they might take a joke or anything like that. That's but that's the role of a host. You know, the yeah. role of a host is you you're able to to change for the other person for their benefit. Yeah. You know, and and that's really important. Well, thank you very much for coming on the Radio Times podcast. No, it's thanks so much for having me. Thanks, mate. If you enjoyed this episode, you might like to listen to my interview with Zara McDermott, in which she discusses segueing from reality TV star into documentary maker. Or my episode with the duo absolutely dominating the podcast world, Chris and Rosie Ramsey, in which they talk about what it's really like to work with your spouse. Both episodes can be found by scrolling back through the Radio Times podcast feed. Thank you for listening to the Radio Times podcast with me, your host, Kellyanne Taylor. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please do follow, rate and review wherever you get your podcast from. It helps other TV and film lovers find us. Until next Tuesday, happy viewing. Listener.